Thank you so much for listening to our podcast here at the Greenwood Church of God. We are so excited that you have found us here. Our prayer is that this podcast would enrich your life and give you strength for this week ahead. Thank you so much for being here. Now enjoy the podcast. I want you to go with me, if you would, to the book of Deuteronomy. In this short moment that I have, we want to look at Deuteronomy. And we want to go to um, chapter 2. Deuteronomy chapter 2. Deuteronomy chapter 2. I am so excited about finishing this today. Um, This is something that we started and I planned on finishing it today. And I I did not really know exactly where I would be going with this. Didn't realize all of the tragedy that would be going on around us. And different things that would be happening. Um, But... Today, um, I was, just this past week, I was praying and thinking about some things, and, and this just came to my mind. There's a sermon that I used to preach, and I'm not, I'm not going to rehash an old sermon, so don't get scared. Um, it was called Too Late for Victory. And if you read this passage here, you'll see here that the Bible shows an instant to where they were too late for victory. They, their moment passed, they tried to go and fight, and they were too late. They had already doubted God, and when they tried to get what God had promised, but yet they doubted and squandered it, the Lord did not fight for them, and they got whipped, and they were too late for victory. Over the last couple weeks, we've been talking about this thought of chasing our enemy. So I want to finish that today, and I want to look at the thought. I usually read my title after I read my passage of Scripture, but it's not found in the passage, but it, it, it is kind of... It's, it's looked at there as you read it. And it's basically the thought of the dangers of not chasing the enemy. The dangers or danger of not chasing the enemy. We're going to look at Deuteronomy chapter 1. And I'm going to start reading in verse 26. I'm not going to read the, the entire verse. But we're going to look at the dangers of not chasing our enemy. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 1, and we'll look at verse 26. You know, we don't do this much anymore, but would you just stand for the reading of the word? It's a solemn time. We stand for everything else, so why don't we just stand for the word, please? Just in these few moments. I'm not going to be long as I read. I want to read verses 26, and I I told um, Rick that I wasn't going to read much, but I do want to read verse 26 And I want to go down and I'm going to continue to read, okay? So let's go to verse 26 and let's look at this this scripture. It says, notwithstanding, it's on the screen and I almost did what I normally did. I almost read the the scripture and I need to read it on the screen because you'll be looking at that and mine won't match up. Notwithstanding, you should not go up, but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God. And he murmured in your tents and said, Because the Lord hated us, he had brought us forth out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Whither shall we go up? Our brethren discouraged our hearts, saying, The people is greater and taller than we. The cities are great and walled up to to heaven. And moreover, we have seen the sons of the Anakims. There, that's the giants. Then I said unto you, dread not, neither be afraid of them. 
The Lord your God which goeth before you, he shall fight for you according to all that he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. And in the wilderness where thou hast seen how the Lord thy God um, bare thee as a man doth bear his son in all the way that ye went until ye came into this place. Yet in the thing or in this thing ye did not or you did not believe the Lord your God. I want to stop right there. We'll look back at Numbers 13. We'll look at Deuteronomy 1, and we're going to look at this thought, the danger of not chasing your enemy. Father, we thank you today. God, give me, God, precise words to say. Let me finish this the way I believe you've already shown me, how it played out in my mind. Let me, God, see it portrayed here in this service. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. Please continue to pray. As I, we said previously, continue to remember the Mets family and pray for them. You know, <coughs> a quote that many say is this. Only if I had it to do over again. Man, if I just had that one more pass, I could have been an all-star quarterback. Man, if I just had that one more moment, I could have made a different decision and I would be, I would be better off today. You know, in 2000, there came a movie out and it was called Family Man. In that movie, a man that was living basically a normal life with a family and children, he felt trapped in that normal life. He began to ponder what would his life look like if he had made some changes, would he have enjoyed it, would he have enjoyed his life a little bit better. Well, he gets that wish and he comes to realize that he missed the life that he had and he didn't really want the life of the glitz and glamour after all. And in the end, he gets his family man life back. But in reverse thinking today, we don't want to look at whether or not we enjoy the life that we have, that we're glad that we've gotten it. Today, I want to ask you, maybe there was some moments in your life that you dropped the ball. We all have been there before and we know we learn from those moments. We know we learn from all of those things, but what would be different? Where would you be if maybe you had stood up to those giants of fear and doubt? Because I do believe that we could get to places quicker. We could inherit lands better. We could see God do more if we would not allow from time to time the enemy to thwart us and to push us back. Here in this passage, the children of Israel are on the verge of a breakthrough. They're on the verge of seeing the promised land. They're on the verge of inheriting a land that is flowing, as the Bible says, with milk and honey. They're on the verge of seeing all of that come to fruition. They are on the verge of a breakthrough. But in a moment, in a, in, a, in, a, in a time of doubt, they begin to hear the, the voices of the enemy. They decide that 
they're more scared of their enemy than they are confident in their God and they decide that they did not need to chase back or chase down those enemies. We will see all of these dangers, I believe, in, 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 in this. I believe we will look here in these moments and see all of what happens and transpires. But I believe as we leave this place, I hope and pray there will not be someone five years from now looking back and saying, if I'd only chased my giant down, I would be in a different place. If I'd only said no to fear and no to doubt and no to worry and no to temptation, I could be in a better place with God than I've ever been before. But my prayer today is that we learn from Israel and we look at the fruit in our hands and we look at the land before us and we say of God, God before us, who can be against us? There is no giant, there is no nation, there is no people that can stand before us and keep us from what God has in store for us. Say amen. amen. So as we look at this, as it's played out in my mind, and I actually learned from our bishop, and I began to envision what we were going to see happen today, and I prayed that God would let it transpire I want to introduce you to this story, for some may not know about it, but in Numbers 13 and Deuteronomy 1 is a rehashing or a remembrance of it. But in Numbers 13, the people of Israel are told you're going to go and spy out the land. They get 12 spies from each nation. They go and they search out this land, this Canaan land, this promised land that they were going to inherit as they journey hear me out hear what happens they begin to search this land out they begin to see how luscious and beautiful this land is. They begin to see how great this land was. And they begin to, I, I want to say that some of the spies, I don't know how they would act, but I know how I would act. They probably begin to envision, well, my tent's going to be over there and their tent's going to be over there. The nation of, the, the nation of Judah is going to have that lo location. This is a wonderful, wonderful land. Then they went over to this place called Eshkol and they began began to cut down the fruit. The Bible said that they cut down such size of grapes and pomegranates and figs that they had to get a staff and two people would hold it and they hung all of the fruits of their expedition on that staff and were able to bring it back to the people. One thing you never hear about though in this story, you hear about some of the some of the people that they would have to fight as they would go in, but on this expedition, I don't remember reading a lot about the people. I don't remember them going up and saying, "Man, look at this fruit." But oh no, look at them over there. No, I, I see them being so happy over cutting down this cluster of grapes and cluster of figs and cluster of pomegranates and putting it on a staff and in the moment I never read about all of the Anakims and, and the giants and all of these other ites that are in the land but as they begin to journey back you know a lot of times if we're not careful we'll talk ourselves out of a blessing and out of what God has for our future and I can just imagine maybe those 12 were 
walking back, Brother Bill, and they begin to say, do you remember seeing those people? But, but Joshua and Caleb were saying, but do you see the figs? And do you see the grapes? And do you see, do you see the pomegranates? And do you remember how God split the Red Sea? But what about the giants? I can hear the reports as they begin to whisper as they were headed back to the people of Israel. And the Bible said, as they began to give the report, some of them spoke up and they said, I know the land is good, but we, we just got to tell you, there's some giants over there and there's some enemies over there. And I don't know if we can get what we want to get because they look like they're just a little bit stronger than us. And to make a long story short, we find out that God becomes very displeased with them. There's only two, and that's Joshua and Caleb, that says, let us go up there. We will whip these people. We'll take care of them. The God that's brought us through the wilderness and the God that's brought us through the Red Sea, He's going to take care of us in our promised land. So let us go. But the other ten and the other people said, but I don't know if we can go. They begin to give a negative report and God had had enough and He said, you've missed your opportunity. You decided to not chase your giants and you've missed out on what I have in store for your future. And it hit me as I began to read that today or, or this past week and I thought to myself I don't want to speak it out as far as like a negative message but I do want it to be a warning for us is that God has got such a good promise for us and a good future for us but if we doubt what he's able to do there will come a time where we will miss out what he has in store for us it's almost like when your mom would prepare a, a supper or you would prepare some a meal for someone and you would say, you come get it while it's here. And then when they show up and it's all gone and they're like, you didn't save me any mom. And she's like, well, I told you it was ready. I told you it was here. I couldn't do with what other people took advantage of and took what was before them. But you're too late for the blessing of the meal. And there comes times in our life where we miss out on what God has in store for us as his people see God there are dangers in not chasing the enemy see the goodness of God's promises it's unbelievable he tells these people he says I've got this for you I want you to go and I want you to spy this land out. I want you to look over this land. I want you to look over this fruit. Can I tell somebody here today that the future that God has in store for you is a luscious future. It is a glorious future. It is an abundant future. God has a future for you that you and I could never dream of. He has a future that is full of His promises and his goodness and his mercy and the Bible says they will follow you the rest of your lives could you just rejoice here in this moment and say God thank you for my future thank you for my promises man I gotta, I gotta move on God's promises, He promises 
goodness. As you look at the spies that search out this land, there's two key things I want you to see. They found the land and they found the fruit. Say land, land. Fruit. fruit. They found the land and the fruit. The Bible said that they went into this land. See, I believe that there for us is land. It represents where God is wanting us to go. Where God is wanting us to trod. There is land, I believe, in your future. I'm not talking about an acre land. I'm not talking about a plot. I'm not talking about something for you to build a home on. I'm, I'm actually talking in spiritual sense. That there is land that God wants you to step on for your future. That God has promised you. Lands that God has called you to. It may be your work. It may be your home. It may be your family. It may be your community. It may be somewhere that you never dreamed of. But Psalms 37 says it like this. For the steps of a good man, they are ordered by the Lord. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Let me tell you, if you love the Lord, if you are called by God, or if you're serving the Lord, if you're living a righteous life, your God has a plan for you. Your steps are ordered. Your future is ordered. He wants to take you to places that you have never seen, you've never dreamed of. God has lands before us that He wants us to trod on. Just like David, David was to possess a kingdom. That was his land. Joshua was to possess Jericho. That was his land. Peter was to possess a revival in the New Testament church. And for every one of them, they had to walk through walls and walk through giants. And they had to walk through persecution. But there was a land for them to trod on. God has land for you. He has a calling. He has has a destiny. He has an appointment for you. You're not here by accident for He has plans for you, says the Lord. Say amen, somebody. Not only did they find land, but they found fruit. I've just recently tried to start eating more fruit. I would prefer a bag of potato chips over an orange any day. Preferably, I would rather have a can of Pringles than anything. That is no joke. I can eat them. I don't want to tell you how much I can eat of them because I love them. But I've just recently tried to eat more fruit. Some oranges and some apples, even though I like to dip my apples in peanut butter. But I find that fruit is better for you. They tell you it's it makes you feel better. It, it's better for your health. When they walk into this promised land, they cut down fruit. That fruit is grapes. That fruit is figs. That fruit is pomegranates. I could tell you a lot about that, but I'm not. I will tell you that I never had eaten pomegranate before till I preached this years ago and I went and bought a pomegranate and I said I'll never eat another one because it's so hard to eat. Anybody ever else try? Anybody ever try? I never had one and it's like, it's just, it's, it's awful to have to try to eat a pomegranate. But all of these things they cut and cut down and it, it, they came in clusters. It gives the imagery that it was so much 
There was so much fruit for what they were searching out. They had to carry it off with a staff. I don't know about you, but my grapes have never been that big at Walmart. And my figs have never been that big on the tree in my backyard. But they had so much in this expedition of spying out the promised land that they had to put it on a staff. And I just want to share with you just for a moment because I know time is of the essence. But I believe that God has not only a future calling and a land for us to trod, but He also has blessings for His children that cannot be compared to anything in this world. You see, Romans 8 says it like this, that when you get saved, when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, for we know that the whole creation groaneth and travails with the pains together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have what? The first fruit of the Spirit. What that tells me is that when you get saved, when the Spirit of God comes into your life, when you get joy, when you get peace, when you get hope, when you get victory in your life, it's just a foretaste of glory divine. It's a foretaste of what is to come. I want you to know that the joy that you have has nothing compared to the joy that you will see and feel when your eyes see Jesus. See, that's why we used to sing songs that say, oh, I want to see Him. Look upon His face, there to sing forever of His saving grace. See, I've tasted and seen that He is good. I know I love it when the Holy Ghost comes on me and the anointing begins to flow while I'm preaching or praying. I love all of that, but I have not seen anything yet. I has not seen, ear has not heard. I want you to know we've not seen anything yet. What we've got, it's just, God. let me tell you, I know that it can't get better because we've got eternity in our life. But I want you to know we've, we've yet to tap into all of the great things that God has in store for us. In fact, I say it like this. If it's this good now, just imagine what it's going to be like when we see Jesus. See, we have fruits in this Christian walk. We have salvation. We have baptism. We have joy. We have peace. We have power. I want you to understand when they cut those things down, it was a, it was an example to them. If you just trust in the Lord, not only will He bless you here, but He's going to continue to just keep on blessing you. It's not as if it gets better because it is from the hand of God, but it's like it just keeps on giving. He never gets tired of giving. He never gets tired of giving it away. When his children are in need, he bountifully blesses them. He just shows up in the morning and makes his mercy new. He just shows up in the rough times and he makes his grace sufficient. He just shows up when you need a touch from on high and he shows up by the bedside and says, I'm here with you. He just keeps showing up for the child of God. My God, hey, He's got a future. He's got blessings. But you never hear anything about the people. The people. The people are even the, really the cities till afterwards. They kind of represent to me. You know it was a person. That spoke to Elijah. After Mount Carmel. 
Elijah had called down fire, defeated the prophets of Baal, walks away, and it was a woman that spoke words to Elijah that caused him to go and prop down by the juniper tree and find himself in such a depression that he asked God to kill him, a person. You didn't hear anything about the walls because I think about walls sometimes and I think about how we are moving forward and it's like the enemy just props a wall up in front of us and we feel like we can't climb it, we can't go through it, it just stops us. But I really want to focus in on those people because they describe one of them as, in Deuteronomy, as the giants, Anakims, the people of Anakim. It was as if they were saying, in fact, we find out later, they say that we are like grasshoppers, ants in their eyes. But they had seen the land. Please hear me out. They had seen the fruit. But yet they got to thinking about the people. See, you know, sometimes the devil's like that. We see God's wanting to do something. You know, if you wouldn't hear this past weekend, I, you know, my vision began to lift up with the overseer here. And it, the past couple weeks, it's just been lifted up a little bit more. And I, I've got some wild ideas that I want to see us do and I see us accomplish as a church. I got some land that I think God wants us to. I'm not talking about buying land. Don't get scared. I'm not talking about acreages or any of that. I'm talking about land spiritually that he wants us to go and conquer. The devil's had it for too long. He wants us to get it and take it back. Amen. He wants us to be like David with Ziglag. Come back and take it back from what the enemy has tried to take control over. And so my vision has just begun to increase. So you begin to think about those lands and then all of a sudden I begin to think about the, 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 prosper, the, the fruitfulness or the, 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 the encouragement encouragement of the spirit it's like cutting down a big old thing of grapes and a cluster of pomegranates and a, a cluster of figs and it's like my lord boy i'm eating right you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. Things are, things are turning around. I've got joy unspeakable and full of glory. I went out to the spiritual tree today and I cut down joy and I cut down peace and I cut down hope and I begin to see that this life in Jesus is something that cannot be compared to anything else. Oh my God, I see the land that I'm about to get. I, I, I hear the words from both. Anybody ever, anybody ever been there? I hope I'm not confusing anybody, but you go out and you pray or you have a week of revival and you begin to say God you're about to move in my future God I'm about to possess these things and God I've got more hope than I know what to do with I've got more peace than I know what to do with I've got more joy I don't even know how to describe it it's joy unspeakable and full of glory I am on cloud nine almost cloud ten because I am so happy about what God has blessed me with but then all of a sudden there comes a person. It don't have to be a physical person. It could be just a voice, a whisper. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Sometimes when you begin to think about what God's going to do for your future, not only do you remember or not only do you see before you your the, the, the things that are against you but you begin to remember all of the negative reports that have been said to you in the past 
Don't you realize that person said you'll never amount to anything? Don't you realize that they told you that that couldn't be done in the church? Don't you realize, you, you, you remember the enemy had you down with that fear and that doubt and that anxiety and that worry? And all of a sudden when you get ready to talk about the land that you're going to inherit and you get ready to talk about the goodness that God's blessed you with and the joy that He's put into your life and the fruits that He's put into your life, you begin to hear the whispers of the enemy and you say, I know God's got something in store for me and I know God's blessed me like I've never seen, but I know that there's some people out there. I know there's some things out there in that land that we cannot defeat. You start taking the eyes off of the one that gave you the land and the one that gave you the fruit and you start thinking about what you're able to do. And there's a danger in that because the Israelites begin to say, we can't take this land. They said, we can't get it. We, we, we can't take this land. I don't know. The, the fruit, you know, Oh man, I gotta go. You know, it's so amazing how we do people sometimes. People get so fired up for God, they get so excited for God. And and some of us older ones that have been in the church all of our life will say, Well, just give them time. It'll wear off in a couple weeks. Oh, don't act like you've never done that before. Let's see if it's really on fire in about a month. Let's see if they come into church in six months. We'll just give it time. Give it time. But in this moment, the Israelites come back and they, they say, we got the land. It looks good. It's flowing with milk and honey. It, it's great to build cities, to inhabit everything. We got this fruit. But the God that gave us the land and the God that or showed us the land and showed us this fruit... We just don't know if he's able to defeat the giants. And in that moment, they chose not to chase down their giant. In that land, there were nations. There were all type of ites. That's what they would call them. Amorites, Moabites. They were all in this land, the Canaanites. And then there was these Anakims, which were giants, the people of the giants. They were bigger individuals, and they were massive, intimidating. And here they were with all the promises of God and the future that God had for them. They were about to go into the promised land. And in that moment, they forgot the Red Sea. They forgot the fire by night and the cloud by day. They forgot about the God that had fought for them. They had forgotten about the ten plagues. All because there was someone standing in their way. There was an enemy in their way. Let me tell you I don't care how long you live. There will always be an enemy that you have to chase down. You will, hey, you'll never get anything. You, Hey, I know that God blessed you in the altar. And I know God blessed you at youth camp. And I know God blessed you at the conference. But when you get out of the altar and you go back to living your everyday life there will always be a devil there will always be a giant that you have to chase after and they said we can't go we can't chase them we're just gonna oh man we'll just do good right over here it looked good while it lasted God but I don't know if we can handle the enemy and let me tell you there's a danger there's a danger in not chasing your enemy there's a danger in not understanding that God 
can fight every battle for you. That God, the same God that parted the Red Sea, the same God that showed up in a cloud by day and a fire by night, He is the same God that can show up right where you're at. He didn't give you the fruit in your hands and the land that He's promised to give up on you now. God will see you through. The child of God must understand that we cannot deny God the ability to work in our life. And if we ever run away from our enemy, we begin to forfeit the blessings that he has in store for us. What only could have, what might have been, what might have been, I got, we, we, this, I'm just going to get real with you. If we let the, if we let the enemy keep us from change. If we, if we let the devil keep us in a coward position and we don't chase down the enemy, we'll sit on these pews a year from now and say if we'd only chase them down, what this church could be now. Where this church could be in a year, God only knows. I've seen the fruit. I know what he's promised us in land. There is no telling what God can do. He could do something that supersedes anything that we ever could dream or think of, but it's really up to us because my Bible said that if we'll look at the Anakims and we look at all of the nations and we run after them and we say if God be for us who can be against us there is no weapon that shall prosper and the child of God shall seize the promise that's ahead of them and so here let me I gotta close this so there's a danger if we just learn to live with our fear, live with our tormented, tormenting thoughts, live with our anxiety, live with our, our doubts, live with our worry, live with our temptations. If we just choose, that doesn't mean they're not going to come back. They're not going to come back. It's like that telemarketer on your phone, you block them. But guess what? They've... What happens? They get a new number, right? Boy, they're creative. They call me from Idaho and Burbank, Alaska. Is that a city? They call me from everywhere. Anybody know what I'm talking about? They just call you from anywhere. You block it, and then all of a sudden they find a new way to call. Boy, the devil's just like that, ain't he? You go to praying and you block him one day and then guess what? He gets creative. He shows up in a new way. God, devil, I never thought you were that creative. He's like, you didn't know me too well, did you? He'll just show up. You'll think it's over. It's finished. It's never going to happen again. And then he guess what? He shows up. He gets, guess what? It's me again. And you have to continue chasing him down because there's a danger if you don't. There's a danger. Rick, if you would get that ready. See, the danger is if you don't. You know, I used to love, I got, I, got a, I got two minutes. Can I have two minutes? I used to love going to Sam's Club. They've changed all their stuff now, so I don't care to go anymore. So, And maybe you know why I used to love to go. Because it was like every day it was... Samples. Little sample of this, little sample of that. 
you just been to lunch, but you love to go to Sam Clubs because you'd get some samples of stuff. And you never was going to buy it, you know. You just sampled it. Every now and then, they'd get you with something. Yeah, every, every one of y'all's done it if you've ever been in Sam's. The dangers of not chasing down the giants and the enemy is that everything that God has allowed you to taste becomes just simply a sample. You begin to fumble. You begin to forfeit. You begin to mishandle what God has in store for you as His child. Your land is never seized. Your fruit is never really enjoyed. And just like the children of Israel, they were not left just stranded. They were left circling in the wilderness, waiting on one generation to die simply because they were not willing to chase down their enemy. They allowed doubt. They allowed fear. They allowed everything to get their eyes off of God. And when they finally realized that they had missed the mark, it wasn't the fact that they had not honored God. It was the fact that they had missed out on all the blessings. They still missed the mark. Take this world and give me Jesus. I don't, I don't have to have another check. I don't have to have another stake. I don't have to have another what we would consider the blessings of this world. I just want Jesus. And as I trust Him in my life, as I, as I have chased down the giants, as I trust Him in every area of my life, I want you to know He swoops in and begins to bless me beyond anything I could ever imagine. He begins to fill my cup till it runs over because he loves those. He honors those. He begins to move in the life of those that trust Him no matter what. I don't want to be left circling. I've been circling for too long. I've been This is Pastor Michael Mooneyham. I want to say thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. We are so thankful that you chose to join us in this way, but we would also love for you to come and join us in person at 1102 Sergeant John Pittman Parkway in Greenwood, Mississippi. Our service time is at 1040 a.m. and We would love to see you here. Thank you once again for listening. We hope to see you soon. God bless.